There are all different sizes of businesses. Big business, small business, that awkward growing phase business, the running this thing from my garage business, and the OMG we can't hire fast enough business. Wherever you are in your business journey, HubSpot's powerful but easy-to-use CRM platform grows with you. It lets all of your teams work together seamlessly, whether that's just you and your roommate or colleagues across multiple time zones. Grow better with HubSpot by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. Learn more at HubSpot.com. Three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. Last week, I opened up a conversation about how other people play into a life focused on one's own flourishing. That is, if I claim on this show that the moral purpose of an individual's life is to promote that person's own life, to gain values, seek optimal living and happiness, which really requires focusing deeply on one's own agenda, does that mean we don't focus on others at all? Or even that we attempt to use them toward achieving those ends, uh, for example? I discussed this in terms of win-win versus win-lose and lose-win relationships. And I explained that the issue leapt to my face recently while doing a routine English lesson with a Korean student in my home. As we did a science unit from one of the books I use sometimes in my private English lessons, it's this book right here. And the unit was uh, unit nine, living things in their environments. And the text was uh, interactions among living things was the thing. I feel like I'm promoting this book. It's a Mr. Brightside brought to you by American School Textbook Reading Key. But anyway, um, the unit in the unit, it presented three types of symbiotic relationships that exist in various ecosystems in nature. And those were mutualism, commensalism, and parasitism. And while the text itself doesn't really say anything close to what I discussed last week, what had spoken to me in the text when my student and I were listening to it and reading it uh, with the definitions of those respective relationships in nature was that when applied to humans, I thought that it should be obvious to anyone that the only moral relationships among human beings ought to be mutually beneficial, that is, win-win. If that sounds simple and uncontroversial to you, it's actually not. Um, And that's why I felt the need to pull it out and emphasize it, because as I argue in that episode, the most commonly accepted moral codes today, religious or secular, offer some form of sacrifice, that is, lose-win, as good. Um, I challenge this regularly and in various ways on this show, but the issue just seemed to present itself in that text uh, in a very ready way to me. Um, Of course, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode for the full discussion, which I think can never be had too often. Now, in that show, the whole plan was to highlight the issue of mutualism versus parasitism in human relationships and kind of brush commensalism aside. But as I developed the idea, I began to realize that commensalism, as defined in this text, was something that also has a mirror in human relationships. And that mirror reveals something great, as well as a great injustice that needs to be righted. With that, I knew I wanted to discuss that as well, but I decided that it was too distinct in its own right. And with that, it might kind of muddle the listener's digestion of that first idea. And in the end, I decided that it deserved its own attention. And I said so last week at the end of the show that we would take it up this week. Well, here we are. So a quick review of those definitions. Remember that while mutualism involves both organisms benefiting from their relationship, 
i.e. win-win, and parasitism involves one organism benefiting at the expense, sometimes to the absolute detriment of the other, that is win-lose, commensalism was defined as a relationship in which one organism benefits and the other organism is neither harmed nor helped, a kind of win-neutral, if you will. Uh, the text gives the example of a shark and a remora fish. So the remora attaches itself to the shark. It feeds off the scraps of the shark's latest meal, and the shark is indifferent to this. And that's key. So what does commensalism reflect in human relationships? And what is worth highlighting in this? Well, I'm obviously a big-time optimist here on the Mr. Brightside podcast. I see the world as a place of uber-abundance, um, at least in the freer, more developed, empowered parts of the world. And I said in last week's show that we can see this materially uh, just by looking around. I always say this, right? Uh, now, in the past, people might have had an excuse for thinking that life was a zero-sum game. As human wealth and human existence, that is to say human misery, was pretty flat everywhere across the world for millennia. It was very much like the view expressed in the book. Uh, in an ecosystem, organisms compete for limited resources to stay alive, they say. Now, this is still true today for many animals, but for humans, science has now unlocked so many of nature's secrets that we are able to create, not destroy or compete for, uh, resources. And because of the production and trade of values, we surround ourselves with ever more abundance, extending and enriching our lives indefinitely. So what creates this abundance that we all enjoy? Well, to use the terms in the science textbook on nature, it's because of mutualism. It's because of win-wins. Parasitism adds nothing, which is why the history of human invasion, conquest, slavery, killing, and pillaging across all cultures left us pretty much in the mud for millennia, and why countries that continue to attempt this today stay poor. Win-lose or lose-win mathematically equals zero, and that's where humans stayed for the longest time. But win-win equals more than what was begun with. It adds to the world. Hence, uh, the never has there been a better time to be alive in human history that you hear at the beginning of this podcast. Um, I say, you know, if you're listening to this through a miracle such as the internet or on a magical device like an iPhone or nay, hold on, nay, if you have time at all to listen to this or anything else or to do anything other than work or sleep, then you know what I'm talking about. But while win-wins add to the world, they're not always equally distributed. Some people win at greater rates than the other party. But this is not an injustice. It is still up to each individual to decide what the transaction is worth to him. And what it's worth to the other is of no concern to him. Like, I don't care, for instance, that Apple only makes a few hundred dollars uh, on my iPhone purchase. It's enough for me that they think it's worth it to them to sell it to me at that price. Thank you very much. What it adds to my life is incalculable although it's multiple, multiple times more than a thousand bucks or whatever I pay for it. And by the way, if your you know, phone is, uh, or thousand bucks, excuse me, is worth more than your phone, then why make the trade? Just keep your money in your pocket and don't lose by trading it, right? But of course it's worth more to you than that. The other part of this though, is that some people engage in more win-wins than others. And this is where Apple has it on me and most of us. So I definitely got the better of them in our individual trade. Although, of course, I don't really see it that way, you understand, right? Remember, they won too, and I said the degree of the other's winnings, uh, quote-unquote, is irrelevant and unimportant to me. I only mean that I won a lot more by trading with Apple than they did by trading with me. But 
they've certainly done better, much better than me in terms of wealth in their existence than I have in my existence. This is because they have traded with more people. And what's the injustice here? There's none as far as I can see. And more than no injustice being done, the wealth that they've amassed is a testament to how many people that they've made better off and to how much their efforts were worth to those people. It's a testament to the value they've added to the world and to human lives. The inconceivable abundance in our world today is the result of the productive genius and energy of select giants of industry, art, entertainment, tech, finance, philosophy, science, etc. across the ages. And while there were enormous single steps throughout history that propelled humans forward and set the stage for today, there has been an unprecedented abundance concentrated in the past couple centuries. Um, I refer you all to an outstanding interview or an outstanding guest, rather, uh, from several months ago now. It was episode 20 with Jason Crawford. We called it Appreciating the Roots and Fruits of Progress. Um, I, refer you, I refer you to look at his work in general um, at therootsofprogress.com uh, for excellent accounts of various uh, productive achievements in history and the dynamos behind them. That's what Jason does excellently. Now, such dynamos as I've just uh, referred to there do get enormously wealthy. It's true. But remember that they do so by engaging in win-wins with more people than most other people do. But observe also that many others who are never involved in a direct interaction with the producers, who don't ever purchase anything or give anything back toward the creator at all, also benefit. This is our uh, win-neutral relationship, uh, which isn't parasitism at all even though it's not a win for one side, this is our commensalism that we're discussing today. So let's take a look at it. We all enjoy a standard of living that is in a large part unrelated to our own efforts and for which we haven't given anything up. And we owe this part to the great philosophical, scientific, political, and industrial creators of the past. And I think it's an unspeakable injustice that many such innovators were not only not celebrated in their time, but were often denounced and even killed for their defiance of the status quo while seeking new truths and new visions and for bringing those visions into reality for all of us to benefit from for ages to come, as it turns out. But for now, I'd like to just focus more on our contemporary giants of innovation and production, such billionaires and other such rich creators as are denounced today in much of our culture. Um, And putting cronyism aside, um, cronyism, that is, where governments have the power to regulate businesses, and so businesses who are big enough can buy that power to thwart smaller competitors, while the bureaucrats are enjoy a position of power, prestige, and wealth that they couldn't have earned on their own. I'm talking about in free, voluntary transactions. With that, the point I'd like to highlight for all of us to recognize, to appreciate, and to promote is that not only are those who directly engage in mutualism with them better off, which means all of us, most of us who trade for iPhones, cars, medicine, travel, Netflix, education, and a myriad of values that I can't really begin to name properly here, and most of which we may buy and have delivered to us by Amazon, by the way, as we focus on more important things in our lives with the time afforded to us by such miracles. Not only are we better off, but people in less fortunate, underdeveloped parts of the world are also better off. Life expectancy, for instance, is way up in even the poorest countries from only a few decades ago. And this is wholly unrelated to any achievements or advances in those countries, of which there are have been few, if any. Uh, 
Rather, it's the result of medical, scientific, agricultural, nutritional, and technological advances in freer and more developed countries, which they've been able to take advantage of. And here it is, guys. Here's the point of today. The overflow of the creative energy of productive giants in any field literally changes the world and makes it better for almost every human being on it. It's like the remora and the shark. And this is not belittling to the remoras, quote unquote. I'm one of them, right? As I was indicating earlier with uh, that idea, and I say often on the show too that, you know, I'm always just sitting here with my coffee and all the hard work a poor person of the past had to do is done for me. And I have all the time to choose what to make of my own life, at least more time uh, than any other humans in history. But more, as I said earlier, the poorest in the world are even way better off, as I only began to indicate. I don't want to get caught going into too much detail about that with too many examples, as someone could lay it out much better than I. Um, But I, I think even life expectancy alone, that one I said, is illustrative enough of the idea. Again, I refer you to Jason Crawford at the Roots of Progress or humanprogress.org is an excellent website uh, or any other experts or organizations who record and report such optimistic global news. Um, but at the risk of sounding ignorant, missing some big ones here, let me throw off a few more that come to mind. So um, in even the poorest parts of the world, I, I think about just the access to information, um, the connection to the world, uh, the fact that many poor people in the world have cellular phones they use to upgrade their various small enterprises. Um, you know, I've, I've, I live in Asia and I've been to a lot of Southeast Asian countries and around in some pretty poor places. And I just see the kind of technology that people are using to just, li- just upgrade their lives and live better lives. Um, they have motor vehicles, right? And all various machines, all the access to food and access to medicine they have. Um, it's all too much like for me to go on. I'm, I'm really missing a lot, but it's all a gift. They obviously don't pay for anything, yet they are the great beneficiaries. Now, back to us here in the freer, richer world. Um, even things that I do pay for, they keep on giving. Like, um, again, here, I hesitate to start examples because I I'll miss glaring and better ones. Um, but, you know, remember, I'm not writing a research article here. I'm just trying to introduce this point more or less extemporaneously. So, but I imagine books or movies or something. So, for example, I never bought uh, one Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings book, um, although I did go to the movies at the time. So I paid for that much. But imagine any person today might watch it on TV for free as they just show it all the time on TV for free. You can see it on Netflix, which you pay for. Um, but, also nothing compared to what you would if you pay, like if you dealt with the authors one-on-one. So what I mean is that from that one author's effort, all this joy, magic, inspiration, entertainment, etc., has been unleashed into the world. So, and my point is here, like who cares how much J.K. Rowling, for example, gets back in return? It will never come close to the amount she's flooded the world with. And in general, just look at all the other stuff that's, that's free now as an app on your phone that we used to pay loads for. So information. Now we could stop right there. And that's enough to really make the point. If you're as old as I am, you remember what it used to be to get any information, to know anything. Now we can just have all information in the world at our fingertips for free. Um, Navigation systems uh, are free now. Um, You know, navigation systems at all. I mean, again, if you're my age, remember maps? I mean, navigation systems were uh, were maps. Then there were electronic navigation systems. And now there's just free ones on my phone. 
Um, electronic translation dictionaries is one I always think of just because, you know, I live in Korea. And when I came here several years ago, Korean students all had one. It was like 300 bucks for one of those electronic dictionaries where they put in words Korean English. Now there's just a bunch of options, free apps, right? Uh, cameras <laughs> and photo development. That's just all free. And the camera on my iPhone is better than some of the cameras I had when I was younger. Um, video conferencing. This is Star Trek stuff, right? I mean, look, Again, I mentioned in Korea, I used to buy many years ago, I used to go to the convenience store and buy a phone card and you scratch the back of it and get a code. And I would use my cell phone here and put in the code and get three hours for $10. I'd buy a card and get three hours free of, or sorry, three hours worth of calling home to Canada, right? So I could talk to my friends or family for three hours, just on a phone call. And then I would get another card and scratch it again and get another three hours for 10 bucks each time. Now I can be on a video chat via Zoom or, you know, Google Meet or FaceTime or whatever for free. Again, it's like way better product and it's all free. What is all this? I mean, we have to appreciate this stuff. So I'm not going to go on and, and try to name like way more, but it's, you can see the point. It's just all too crazy. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to go off the rails if I, I try to keep going on about it. Um, and I guess a lot of these examples I'm talking about is more like that lopsided mutualism I referred to earlier than it is commensalism, although it kind of feels like commensalism. Um, but for me, it's, it's just mind blowing. It's regularly taught that these billionaires lopsidedly benefit in the transaction between me and them, that they take too much and give too little, right? They just got a few bucks from me, right? This is insanity. Guys, a point I'm putting out today is people who have revolutionized the world, regardless of how many billions or trillions now it can be, they earn, can never be repaid properly for what they've given to the world. And what are scraps to such sharks, uh, you know, in the remora shark uh, analogy, uh, as, as those people, are life-changing riches to the remoras. This is why uber productivity is a virtue and why we should admire and celebrate it. Um, I, just another example on this, I think is just a, a good one to take. Whatever you think of Bill Gates, and, and I have very mixed feelings about, about him, insofar as his achievements in building Microsoft and his revolutionizing of the computer industry, he has made the lives of every human being on the planet better off, literally. And do we think of him as a benefactor? No. So the injustice is that such benefactors as he and other prodigious innovators and producers are denounced as greedy, exploitative, and, and all else. They don't deserve their profits and their extravagant lifestyles, etc. No, what they don't deserve are the smears and ill treatment they get from envious mediocrities in academia and media and all sorts. And as much as, what, as, as we've all been educated in this swamp of mud that we're encouraged to sling at them, it is up to each of us to appreciate the reality of the nature of what's going on and to give it its proper due. So I urge you here today to step back and think about what I've been saying and obviously add better examples than I have and help right this wrong. We can change this culture of envy and injustice to one of goodwill, appreciation, and justice. Justice for the great benefactors of humanity and the resulting commensalist boon. Uh, now, before I say a final word on this, I'll ask you guys to please uh, ask me any questions you have on this. The whole reason I brought this up is because it's an unpopular view that I think ought to be popular. 
Now, I'm not claiming it's easy. I'm only claiming that it ought to be clear. Um, so please challenge these ideas so that we may all get more clarity, uh, myself included. So you may ask in the comments section where you listen, uh, or you may go to the Mr. Brightside Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. And as always, I thank you all for that. Uh, now for the final word. Uh, I'm a Canadian and our Thanksgiving was uh, back in early October, uh, but I live in Korea. And so I have a very wide ranging uh, global community of friends. And I've recently been to an American Thanksgiving party, which uh, of course, Thanksgiving is the time to reflect on what we're grateful for. Uh, I am, and I think we all ought to be grateful for the great innovators across history and the ones who continue to push us ever higher today. These giants of innovation and production not only benefit those of us who deal with them directly through win-win trade, but also many more around the globe who are not lucky or free enough to trade with them, but who will nonetheless benefit indirectly. Like the remora and the shark, such productive giants don't even have to be aware of how much their overabundance has given us and the world, but we ought to be aware of it. I'm very grateful to live commensally with such giants, and I'm happy to feast off the scraps of their immense productive bounty. This doesn't make me small by comparison, but only helps me live a larger and richer life than I could in a world without them. And while we don't owe them anything material in return, and they don't ask it, we might at least, as they glide by majestically about their business, instead of spitting denunciations and smears, say thank you. I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side. There are all different sizes of businesses. Big business, small business, that awkward growing phase business, the running this thing from my garage business, and the OMG we can't hire fast enough business. Wherever you are in your business journey, HubSpot's powerful but easy-to-use CRM platform grows with you. It lets all of your teams work together seamlessly, whether that's just you and your roommate or colleagues across multiple time zones. Grow better with HubSpot by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. Learn more at HubSpot.com.